Hello, ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's true, your favourite facts podcast is back once again. Every week, we hit you with nine brand new facts. Your job is to decide whether they are worth remembering or worth chucking into that big bin of nonsense, which it must be overflowing right now. So much nonsense on the show. My name is Dan. Thank you for being there. Uh, This week, we will learn what a barley corn is. Also, why a particular sport is on the telly all the time and a fact that is right up Connor's street about David Beckham. Mark is also here. What do you got, Mark? This week, we're talking about man bats on the moon, a murder case defence which has worked only once, and a short, sharp music fact to end. And Connor has dragged himself from the jowls of death to be with us. What do you have, Connor? Uh, We're going to talk about what people actually see, why a baguette exists, and an alien that lives under the water. Aliens, baguettes, and snooker. It's all coming up. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Is jowls the right word there, Mark? Um I mean death is definitely the right word given the hyperbole of messaging that's been coming from Connor about his illness over the last few days. What I also enjoy Ooh. is that, you know, when like you put on your sick voice and you have a bit of a cough, <laughs> I'm, I'm ill. What Connor does is he'll tell you he's ill and then he'll send you a picture of him in bed looking ill. That's like the modern yeah. day 2023 equivalent of the cough on the, on the sick voice. I also think he's perfected the manner of the sick voice through texts. Mm. Like it's not mm. spelt. It's not spelt perfectly because no. he, has, he hasn't got the energy in his thumbs to press yeah. all of the little letters. No. It's Accurately. just like, a, I tried, I missed, I'm not going back and fixing it. Like, come on. I have never slept so much in my life, by the way. I think over the last 48 hours, I've probably slept for 40. Yeah. I don't know if jowls is the word. I do that a lot. I think I was confused by jaws and bowels. Still, it's, it's a way to have fun. That's why we're here. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. As I say, uh, we'll give you facts. Just decide whether they're worth remembering or not. If they are, share them down the pub ammo, as we say. Uh, if not, forget them. Fine. We're going to give you nine. Connor's going to take it away from the sick bed. What do you got? Uh, we're going to start with obviously a big debate and discussion with this fact. Blind people don't see blackness. They see nothing. But here's my twist. Here's my conversation on this fact. Yes, they see nothing. But isn't nothing blackness? Because the colour would be black. Because you're not registering colour. So therefore, the nothing that you're seeing... He's black. Yeah, this race is a, this speaking, ra- black is the absence of light. And it's 
blind people aren't just seeing an absence of light, they're seeing an absence of anything. So it raises a few interesting points. Number one, you know your mental image that's happening all the time, like the cinema screen in your head that plays out memories or plays out what you're thinking or imaginations. Do blind people, I would really like to ask someone this, do blind people, that's just what they see. They have that all the time and it's much more vivid, much more ingrained. Or do they not have that? Because if you're blind from birth, you can't associate those images with anything. Yeah. So they don't know. Then what happens? So you're saying, Connor, that, if, that blind people can't actually see black. They go, yeah, they go, what happens if someone become, becomes blind? So say well, if someone can yeah, see for 30 years and then something unfortunate happens and then they can't see, what happens then? Well, I'm also linking the fact there saying that blind people don't see blackness. They see nothing. But I'm linking nothing as blackness. Because yes, you're not mm. seeing anything, but what you're actually seeing, there's no colour. So it is going to be dark, isn't it? It's not going to be like blue. It's yeah, but be dark because no, there's but nothing there. I understand that, but you're only saying that as someone with vision who closes their eyes to then see nothing, blackness. If you've never had vision, you don't know what something is to see. So it's always nothingness. So you don't, maybe you don't see black. But isn't the, the, it, the one thing that everything has in common mm. is that there is a colour for it. Well, we, 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 we Yeah, because we of don't, you, because we, you're linking that with vision. And also, yes, Connor. Even if you see nothing, you're still seeing a colour, right? No, no, are, well, no, but are you, though? You are. Because the, you are. Yeah. They're not. Because, Connor, you've got to remember, you see black because you close your eyelids. Because you're seeing that black of your eyelids. You're seeing the lack of any colour and light from the back of your eyelids. So if you can't see through your eyes anyway, are you? Maybe you're not, you're not seeing nothing. I don't know. I'm uh, sometimes, well, I mean, right now I've got my eyes shut and I'm seeing my eyelids, but I'm also seeing that picture of Katy Perry wearing the West Ham bikini. That was good. <laughs> Is that just what you yeah, what automatically do I, go to? What do I see? I post see. Boxes. No, I don't. Great post box. A great <laughs> post box that I haven't already found in the city of London. I, I, see, I see the image of Declan Rice in a Chelsea shirt in a few weeks' time. That's what I see. That's what I see. Oh. It's coming through loud and clear. David Moore, Mark, shut your eyes. New season. Mark, shut your eyes. What are you seeing, pal? Oh, the most beautifully organised Google sheet there has ever been. I, I should stop. This is a PG podcast. For American, yeah. For American listeners, Declan Rice is a West Ham footballer. A bit of footy bants to go along with the facts. You know what, Connor? I, I think that's fantastic. I don't really know what the fact was in there. I don't, I don't really, I don't really well, know what the fact... It's good to discuss. The fact was, the fact was that people believe that blind people see blackness. They actually see nothing. But then my point is, is that they probably are registering something with nothing. Therefore, it's blackness. It's a confusion, but it's created discussion. Do with it a, what you will. A, bit, a, bit, a big start. I don't know. I'm, I would be really fascinated to have this conversation with someone who is blind. Um, oh, it would bang on, wouldn't it, Mark? Can you imagine it? It'd well, I wouldn't, be a I wouldn't do it on this podcast. podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't do it on this that'd podcast. Be, that'd be there like, oh, I'd like to, you know, we've got a guest this week, five and a half hours no. later. The questions. I know. I'd go down to uh, Rose and Crown, buy them a, <laughs> a, 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 madri- a, a madri top, and then, then we'd, we'd put it to rights over that. Um, mm. Thank you, Connor. 
I, again, not sure what the fact is. Nice to chat about these things. Not sure that this is the podcast to do that, but we'll steamroller on. Mark, what's your first fact of the show? The world was once accidentally fooled into believing man bats and unicorns lived on the moon. Well, they weren't accidentally fooled. If you're foolish enough to believe it, then you that are is, I tell you what, this rest, 40 hours of sleep in two days, has knocked Connor out of the pot. Look at him picking them up, smashing them away. Let me tell you why they were accidentally fooled. Uh, so, oh, please do, Mark. So in August... Right, no, 18... no when you're ahead. No when you're ahead, Connor. <laughs> yeah, I'll be quiet now. In August 1835, The Sun, which was a New York newspaper, posted a series of six articles outlining findings from prominent astronomer Sir John Herschel, quoting from the Edinburgh Journal of Science. However, the Edinburgh Journal of Science wasn't actually in existence at that point in time. It closed down months earlier. And Sir John Herschel was on a retreat in South Africa where he couldn't be contacted. What they did was they created a hoax that they thought would be a piece of satire, telling people, oh, don't believe everything you, you get told by these astronomers. Unfortunately for the sun, no one realised it was a hoax. Or, sorry, unfortunately for the sun, no one realised it was satire, and instead 90% of New York ended up believing this and it spread all around the world. So this is the problem. This is the newspaper that printed this hoax, right? Yeah, it's you can't suddenly go from truth to intentional lie. You know what I mean? Like you can't mm. want people to believe you. We're giving you the truth the whole time, and then get annoyed when they believe something that is bullshit. You know, you can't you can't moan about that. Yeah. No. So I, I just it's another one of those facts, though. I think we spoke about this maybe last week or the week before, where I'm really enjoying the uncovering of ridiculousness that has happened in the world in our recent facts. This is another thing where you're like, why the bloody hell did that happen? It's just ridiculous. Oh, it's, it, actually, we were talking about it when we done the fact last week about the bomb shelters being made of wood to fool them. Nonsense. Well, the best one ever is the classic one about uh, War of the Worlds. So this is the H.G. Wells novel that Orson Welles turned into a radio play, broadcast a radio play in America, well, like really without warning. And people turned it on thinking it was real. And some people, you know, the aliens were invading and like wanted to jump off bridges. These things happen. And what is amazing is that when you think of these things happening, Con, you mm. know, you'll picture them back in the day. Like, There's no way mm. that preposterousness could happen today. But imagine, yeah, but, and we always go back to this, imagine what they'll be saying about this timeline in 100 years. They were doing that. Yeah. They I mean, were doing you, that. You say that. Fake, doing, news, fake, fake news is everywhere, Daniel. Fake news is yeah, everywhere. There is that. So it does happen nowadays. One of the issues is, is it was so hard to check back in the day. So we're talking 1835 here. So they're quoting this very famous astronomer from back in the time, Herschel. N no one can contact him. He can't come out and put a tweet out going, by the way, this is all rubbish. Like He's in South Africa. He doesn't even know this is happening. How how did the people react? Did, did anyone think, I mean, it's obviously quite hard because it was so long ago, but is there any, like, anything there that anyone was a little bit like, this is ridiculous? Or was everyone like, oh, this is so true and wild yeah, and crazy? Yeah, so everyone kind of bought into it. So it, to kind of set you the scene at the time, there was a lot of what were called religious astronomers at the time. So people who were talking about the moon, the stars and other planets purely from a religious point of view. So saying, if God created these other planets, clearly he would have put some life on them because why would he have created them and not put some life on them? So that's why this was written to kind of try and satire those astronomers. However, 
too many people were already believing those astronomers that they read this and went, oh, oh, well, that's clearly true. Other newspapers then start reprinting this story, confirming it. So it starts spreading not just from one newspaper, but to all newspapers. The Sun never actually did an official retraction. They just kind of let it die out and everyone sort of realized many, many weeks later that this wasn't actually true. Uh, But the Sun never actually officially retracted it, mainly because they were very happy with the boost in sales that they magically got. So you would say that even back in them days, the news follow what the other newspapers say and blow it all out of proportion. Well, this is it. It was kind of as if the Sun had got this massive news. Everyone went, oh, oh, we're we're kind of missing out here. So then they all started reporting Mm. it, but also claiming to confirm it because they didn't want to be... They didn't want to not be on that train. Mm. So they were starting to confirm some things would say, about this. Yeah, so some would say that times haven't changed, maybe. You could very Mark, much say this. Mark, can you sense what Connor's been doing on his sickbed? Flicking yep. through Andrew Tate TikToks. Flicking through Andrew Tate TikToks. Get yourself out of the Matrix, Con. Get out of the Matrix. Don't believe what the they tell thing, you. The one thing that I will state, I do not, and I'm not a fan of Andrew Tate. Just hear that on this podcast now. There we go. Just wants to make I tell that you very bit, clear. While we're very quickly on Andrew Tate, uh, if you don't know who he is, he is, um, you know, you don't. No, he, he's, no, he's, let's, he's, look, listen up. <laughs> if you don't know who he is, but you're listening to this podcast, where have you been? Because if you're listening to podcasts and stuff, you should probably or be aware who Andrew Tate is. He's everywhere. A guy, uh, a guy whose views I would say we, we don't agree with currently under arrest in Romania. Anyway, I went to get my hair cut the other day. Thank you for complimenting me on it. When I sat down in the chair, the hairdresser... And you looked it was Andrew Tate with keepers. No, no way, bud. You That's know, bad. I loathe hairdressing, small talk at the best of times, but the first thing the barber said to me when I sat down was, what do you think about Andrew Tate then? And I thought, oh, okay, oh, all right. I'm That's, not, wild. That's not small talk either. No, no. And do you know the best bit about it? One of my other mates, he was at Christmas dinner, full family, 25 people, averaging from the great nan who was, I don't know, 87, all the way down to the little kid who's four. Apparently one of the mums decided to turn around and go, oh, so what do we reckon on Andrew Tate then? (laughs) Can you imagine? 25 people at Christmas dinner, all at different ages. You're looking at five hours of conversation. It's just putting matches in a, on a fire. Don't know what the phrase is. It's escaped me, but you know the one. (laughs) Putting petrol on a fire. That's the one. To be fair, Mark, I have heard if you throw matches on a fire, it's wild. Well, and yeah. It's wild. As, as long as you've lit them first. Right, first fact of the show for me. Connor, let, let's... Right, right now I'm going to say we're avoiding crap gags. Connor, how big are your feet? What's your shoe size? Uh, I'm a seven and a half slash eight. Well, I, I was, I'm not going to... You know, We'll avoid the obvious joke, but su- surprisingly small feet from you, Connor, I need to say. Yeah. I have and you're, really you're a tall feet. guy. Oh, no, and you know what they say about small feet? Small socks. Yeah, there you go. We didn't manage to avoid any bad shoes. jokes. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's my first fact of the show. Connor has size seven and a half. In it. Mark, what's your first fact? Well, Mark, what shoe size are you? Uh, seven and a half, eight-ish, yeah. Me and Connor regularly share shoes. Wow. Are you actually a seven and a half, eight? I am, mate, yeah. He's a bit You've smaller than s- you. Yeah, he's got like little trotter feet though. He looks a little bit like something like Lord of the Rings. Do you mean I've got little ones. trotter feet? Yeah, little little seven and a half trotters with his sketches and that legend. We're getting Hang distracted. On, my feet are the same my... size as you, and you're mocking yeah, my shoe put... size. Thing is, with me, I pull off seven and a half, eight size feet. You look weird with it. 
That's it. Thanks. My feet point in different directions, but they're a healthy nine and a half feet. Now, what does that mean? What unit of measurement is a shoe size? It's measured in barley corns. Barley corns? It's measured in something called a barley corn. Uh, So my feet, let's say, for instance, a size 10. Let's say, for instance, yours, marker an eight. I've been generous there. My feet are two barley corns bigger than yours. Oh, why barley corns? I don't know why they're called barley corns. I couldn't find that out. I did some extensive research. A barley corn is a third of an inch. Do you know there what? You go. If ever, for, for any reason, one of us was arrested and they decided to look into our tech and they saw the things that we had searched over the years of doing baffled, I think they'd be wildly concerned. This guy I, spent four hours searching what barley corns means. I saw a particularly gruesome TikTok the other day. It was of a, a, a man being convicted for quite an awful murder over in America and they just read out his Google search history over uh, the course of the night when it was supposed to happen and it you know yeah. it's like as like 7 p.m it's like how to dispose of a body eight o'clock oh, no. can you can you bury a body like it's all it's, it's it's like five hours of the worst searching you've ever seen i say that because at the moment at that point i was thinking christ what does my search history say about me you know what i'm telling you one corn? thing what's barley I'm telling corn? you one thing where, where, where's the nearest print uh, uh prince charles post box it's nonsense yes connor you'll get You'll get a court sentence for 12 points on your license. They'll be intrigued to know what's on your phone. Have a search and you'll do life searching <laughs> what are barley corns for five, for, five, for five hours. So, yeah, this is not a long fact. Actually, none of my facts are really long today, which is fine because we had a, a very worthwhile uh, chat, which t- took up a good chunk of your time about what blind people can see when they close your eyes. Or can't. Thank you very much for listening to Baffled, as I say. Mark, feet- just quickly before we move on as well, mm. you've got lovely feet, by the mm. way, mate. Thank you. I'll send you pictures of them later. You're welcome. They will cost you. Yeah. Right. Second fact of the show for Connor. The baguette. The mighty baguette. Great for everything. Your spag bowl, sausage sandwich, whatever you fancy. Well, where did Hang the on. baguette come from, I hear you say? Yeah. Spag, Sorry, what? Spag. I was just... Are you putting the spaghetti bolognese in the baguette? No, you, you, you wipe up your bowl with your baguette, mate. Don't use a bit of garlic bread for that. A uh, bit of baguette. See, I was sort of building up here for a really good presentation and you've interrupted me, so I'm going to continue. So, I hear you. I hear you there. Where did the baguette come from, Connor? Where did the baguette come from, Connor? Thank you, Dan. We need need to stop this pantomimeness of the show. Yes. Where did the baguette come from? Some say the Napoleon... Then it's a word that's really hard to pronounce. It sounds like Bonaparte. Yeah, Napoleon Uh, Bonaparte. That's exactly what it is. That's his surname, yeah. That's it. Obviously, Bonaparte went into a different mind for me. But anyway, moving on. Uh, apparently, they created the French baguette to allow soldiers to more easily carry bread with them. However, right, famously, the French here. just I've called got... it a baguette. They didn't call it a French baguette. I've got a few things here. First thing, Connor, um, mm. when you build up to the fact, it helps if you yes. pronounce, pronounce the fact. Like, you're given it I some agree. headway and then you went, and the guy... Yeah. And also, you see the issue. The issue also, here, though, if yeah. everyone just cuts me a little bit of slack, is I've been on my own all day. So the only thing that is helping me pronounce that thing is when you highlight your word on Google, you right click, and yeah. it speeches back to well, you. Why don't you just go with also, that then? Also, well, it said Bonaparte. You said Napoleon Bonaparte like it was uh, like a chain of restaurants, <laughs> like yeah. Manger. It was like they did this. Well, it, we have to thank them, Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. Well. Well, Napoleon. Bonaparte, 
um, created the, well, French baguette, baguette, baguette. French baguette, baguette, uh, to allow soldiers to more easily carry bread with them. So since the round shape of other breads took up a lot of space, Napoleon, we'll call it B part, requested yeah, they be made into skinny. Hold on, I'm finished yet. They are uh, request. They requested for it to be made into skinny stick shapes with specific measurements to slide into the soldier's uniform. Where was it in the uniform? If it's not somewhere really interesting, this fact has been absolutely terrible. Well, down their trousers, which I find funny because the place was called Bonaparte and they were putting a baguette down their trousers. So it all just wildly links and creates a weird thing in my yeah, head, which yeah, I'm really yeah. enjoying. Yeah, that would be. It would be. That's okay. It would have been better if they carried it in like their sword sheath or something yeah, like that. that ultimately the fact is man it invented good, it man invented because you put you go to pull out your sword and you pull out a french baguette maybe you have to well it would have saved a lot of bloodshed yeah what's the difference between Self a french baguette, and a baguette? Comedy. french baguette and baguette is there a difference there or same thing no because no. normally people call it a baguette right. or french bread so right. your fact i don't is, i've never heard anyone f- other than you call it a french baguette your fact here, it's, usually, it's a French stick they were called yeah, uh, by my dad when yes. he was buying them. Right, French, or French stick, yeah. Fr- or, you know, the longer ones were French bread. Anyway, your fact French here loaf. is essentially, French loaf. your fact is, oh, mind-blowing fact, guess who invented the baguette? The, the most famous, one of the most famous Fren- Frenchmen that's ever lived. The French invented oh, it. Oh, no, hold on. Because the soldiers, is he famous, is he? I thought that was a place. You thought that was a place? No. Yeah, Napoleon Bonaparte. I thought it was an area. Are you joking? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I didn't realise I was a person. He fought at the Battle um, of Waterloo. So- Waterloo's an area. Is that so what you're getting on. confused with? So, Connor, when you went on, I imagine, Wikipedia to search, to, to do a tiny bit of research this fact, your curiosity did not extend to you clicking the hyperlink for Napoleon. No, Bonaparte. so my curiosity was less on Napoleon Bonaparte, but just more, say Napoleon. Just say Napoleon. It's just everyone knows it by that. Right. My my interest was less on Napoleon, but more on why they needed the French stick to be thin and how many they could get in their trousers. Two. So you didn't know that Nabo- Napoleon is a person. No. Oh, he's Napoleon, the same as Napoleon Bonaparte, the pe- the thing that everyone calls Napoleon. Right, yeah, I know who Napoleon is. Didn't know his surname was Bonaparte. It, it really is amazing that your brain did not make that link. <laughs> I um, I would, I would be intrigued to know what school was like for Bonaparte. Do you reckon? Well, I can tell you what. Ma- massive bread. They were eating out of loaves. No, con- that's what Napoleon always said. Banged on about war. Banged on about yeah, you know, French supremacy. But his real bugbear was just the exhausting nature of carrying around bread and yeah. how inconvenient snacks were and sandwiches were to eat. And for a small person, it's even how, um How, uh, oh, oh, it adds up now. So Napoleon was a soldier, therefore created the baguette to fit him down in his trousers. I thought it was an area that created it for the soldiers to fit down their trousers. Uh, no, he, like, led, he led the army. Right. Was it one of the, one of the most... That. One of the most major players in European history of the last 500 years. Yeah, but tricky. Yeah, but, you know, pros and cons. We're here to learn. We're pros here to learn. invented the baguette. Oh, no, sorry. Invented the French baguette.
Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, let me tell you the story of Gene and Nicole Millett. So Gene Millett is the first and <laughs> only person. <laughs> what? Honestly, honestly, right? You need a really, really good one-to-one session on delivery of facts. Yeah, all Jesus. right, mister. I have no idea who me. Napoleon is. No, Bet. but we want to. We want to. We want to lean in. We want to lean in. We want right, people. Let listening. me tell you They're a story. Sto- uh, yeah, and if let you, me tell you a story are- on Gene Millet. Yeah, go ahead. You'd have waited about two more words. You were getting the good bit. Right, Gene go, is go. the only person released from a murder charge due to using spontaneous combustion as his defence. That is interesting. I, you know, if you'd have presented that without you know, this fabled tale at the start. Right, what, so did they spontaneously combust? Did they, was that, did they get out of court by catching on fire? Did, was the reason given for the murder charge that they went on fire and someone else got caught up in the, the flames? Uh, so they were husband and wife in, uh, in France in the 1700s, uh, probably friends with Napoleon, eating a bit of uh, French baguette. And oh, Big sandwiches, they weren't, they? Huge uh, sandwiches back huge, then. Huge, huge at the time. God, was their biggest bugbear. Uh, and uh, he's, in fact, he's French. He's probably called Jean. Jean went down in the morning to find a pile of ashes and a few internal organs, but no other fire damage to the room. He was promptly arrested for murder, uh, but it turns out that his wife instead spontaneously combusted, and that is why he was then let off from the murder charge. What causes spontaneous combustion then? Is well, that- this is what leads. few questions here. Yes. Number one, when, when did you say 1700s? 1700s, yes. So, you know, they're well dead. I can libel them as much as I want. Uh, I don't believe this. Don't believe it at all. What, how did any form of scientific, uh, well, any form of forensic scientist presenting evidence to the jury or whatever happened back then come to the conclusion that they had literally just set on fire out of nothing? So this is kind of where I guess a bit. So, they didn't set on fire from nothing. They reckoned that they basically fell asleep with a cigarette in their hand and that lit them alight, but nothing else. So the reason that they decided this was spontaneous combustion, the reason that this has been diagnosed about, you know, hundreds of more times since is that essentially what it means is that the only thing with fire damage is the person. So if you set on fire right now, there would be a pile of ashes left from, your, from you being on fire, but no damage to the rest of the room. The only way that can happen is if you are spontaneously combusting rather than you being in a fire. I think the word spontaneous in that spontaneous combusting situation makes it all sound a bit wild, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's the thing that kind of throws it off that people then just assume that, ooh, suddenly you've set on fire. But normally there is still something that sets you on fire. Um, But the act of spontaneous combustion basically uses something called the wick effect where because of the amount of fat that you have on you and because of the clothes that you're wearing that kind of keep that in, you essentially act like a candle. So nothing else burns around you. You are just perpetuating your own fire and you are acting like a candle, which is why at the end of it, there'll be a pile of ashes, which is you, but no other or at least minimal fire damage to the rest of the room. Wow. Um, There you go. And Jean Millet, I'll give him his... Full French name. Maybe he's the found, only person to ever get off f- of a murder charge because of this. Maybe you found Mark's information there interesting, or maybe you found my part interesting. 
the fact that Napoleon Bonaparte is a person. Makes you wonder. I, I tell you why I don't believe old Jean 24601. Which I believe I, is probably the foreign name for John. I mm, thought when you said that. Yeah. Jean. Um, mm. I, I think the reason I don't... You know, he must have got away with being a very heavy sleeper. Because if your missus is ablaze below you, you would think she would. you'd hear the, the crackle, you'd, you'd sniff something. You'd probably hear the wild screaming, you would hope. Probably. Maybe she didn't scream. Maybe she got burned from the vocal cords first. Well, the famous candle effect. But yeah, supposedly she fell asleep with a cigarette and that is what lit her spontaneously. I found something trust interesting out the Jean. other day talking about um, names. Well, I'll and, tell you uh, something. This is the perfect place to share that, Connor. Yeah, talking about names and, you know, the foreign versions <laughs> of the names. Guess what the Spanish version is of George? Jorge. That's correct, yeah. Anyway, found that out the other day. You would know that, though, wouldn't you? Because you research post boxes. That's probably in your no, mind it's as just, well. No, it, it's just... I mean, if it wasn't a commonly known thing, you could put two and two together, as in it's spelled quite similar to George. I was thinking of that as a fact, which says a lot anyway. <laughs> right, second fact of the show. The snooker is on telly a lot in Britain. It's quite a famous British sport on the telly. We've just had the Masters, uh, which Judd Trump won a few weeks ago. I, I don't really care for the snooker, but who do you have to thank for it being on telly? Sir David Attenborough. Now, the reason why he was in charge of putting on the telly is actually the interesting thing about this fact. Um, back in the 50s, colour television had just been invented. It went from black and white to colour. Snooker wasn't very popular at all. David Attenborough wanted to show off what televisions could do, wanted to show off the colour nature of TVs. So he thought, well, what would do that more than anything else? The green bays of a snooker table, the red, the yellow, the blacks, the pinks, the blues, the browns of all of these snooker balls so he invented the program uh i think it was called pot black which forced the british public to watch it because there was only a couple of channels at the time and and it took over and now is hugely popular so the reason that snooker is so popular you can thank sir david attenborough now famous national treasure living legend he of science and nature because he wanted to show off how good color tvs were i mean it's a good idea too. probably a good Good, simple way of doing it as well. A lot of colour, isn't there? I understand that. Green table, as you said. Colours of the balls. Yeah. i got a few things here. Um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't have this idea, right? I'm very bad at strategy. I'm very bad at having an eye, like seeing a thing and thinking, what can we do to make this thing better? I'm terrible at strategy. My second point is, I reckon Connor's a dab hand at snooker. Down the old Basildon pool halls. I reckon he's quite good. Funny you say that, I am. Yeah, I do play snooker quite a bit. Got my own cue as well. Oh, Good at pool. I was about to say, I bet he's got his yeah. own cue. Yeah, I've played a lot of snooker. Very good Con- at it. Well, Connor- I'm not very good at it. I'm good at it compared to the average Joe that don't play it. But Connor, you've got your own snooker cue. Mark's the type mm. of dude that has his own bowling ball. What'd you say? I know, yeah. And he's Obviously. the one that as well turns up to, turns up to the lanes, which gives everyone a little nod. You all right? You all right? Gets yeah. it out, gets his cloth out, shines <laughs> his shoes. Ir- irritant. Whoa. I'd call him an irritating one to play I'm bowling not using with. I'm like special cloth to clean my shoes. I'm shining my ball in that. In that. Come on. Also, as well, we'd, he'd get a strike and he'd look. He'd turn around and give you that face. I don't even need to do the face. You know the face, and you'd be like, oh, 
You do. You, I, if, you, if you walk back anything other than looking nonchalant as in like, hmm, then you know it, you, you're doing it wrong. I can't celebrate every you time. Me, Mark. What do you think I'm going to do? Celebrate 13 times in a row? Come on, Connor, get your head out your ass. Fair. Mark uses the cloth to shine his balls. I use some fantastic product thanks to Manscaped.com. Thank you very much, Manscaped. Uh, also, Connor, uh, Mark would be the one where he takes off his coat. He's wearing a, a fabulous bowling shirt with my Mark yeah. the Striker heads on his back. Oh God, it's so smelly, isn't it? You would just <laughs> you'd leave you'd leave him on his own, wouldn't you? I mean, how else do you bowl if you don't have your bowling shirt on? Come on, <sighs> it's a, it's a it's a good fact. And but the thing is, you have to remember this, Connor. Mm. No one's looking at Mark's incredible turkeys, three, four, five strikes in a row. Instead, they're looking at his. Uh, bowling shoes that are covering strange little trotters, aren't they? Absolutely. They'd be small bowling shoes. Yeah. He'd be at the front, handed in his trainers, and they'd go, are you sure you're a seven and a half? You look like you have a number that we don't stock here. And you measure those in barley corns. Hey, Baffled listeners. Since you're a fan of this podcast, that means that you enjoy being entertained through your ear holes, and you appreciate unfiltered sarcasm. And that's why we think you'll love our show. It's called Midnight Facts for Insomniacs, and it's a history and pop culture podcast featuring weekly deep dives into a diverse variety of topics, and also featuring us, comedians and lifelong friends Shane Rogers and Duncan McEwen. So whether you're nocturnal, sleep-deprived, or just a fan of laughing and learning, we'll keep you entertained with more than 120 episodes covering everything from astrology to pirates, cults to UFOs, conspiracy theories to the history of personality tests. Just search for Midnight Facts in any podcast player to join the Midnight Masses. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, before we crack on with the show, um, just a very quick apologies to Mark. I didn't anticipate this being... And 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 who who'd have thought of all the things of all the things that we've rinsed Mark for in the past? You know, glasses, ginger hair, fastidious over attention to <laughs> spreadsheets. It is the small feet that's really got him. But we will apologise to Mark. Um, 
Uh, you could apologise. And the best too. bit about it is, I've got the same size feet as well. That's what makes it all the load better. But anyway, I know. If you want to get in touch, I, you know, why would you? If you would like to apologise to Mark for even laughing at those things, or if you've got anything you want to share, uh, best way is info at baffledpod.com. Get to the, you can use that email address here, or if you get to the website, even easier, baffledpod.com. Get in touch. TikTok links, everything there. Um, I think we have put the right email address on it this time, so that's handy. And uh, you can buy you can buy our merch in baffledpod.com. Right, three facts left of the show. It's been a good one. We've discussed, we've debated, and we found out who one of the most famous, famous European people of the last 500 years has been. So let's crack on. Connor, what's your last fact of the show? If ever there was a sale there on the podcast to make you want to go to the uh, website, it's that one, Dan. Well done, mate. Right, the alien that lives under the sea. Have you heard about it? No, because no. aliens don't exist. The colossal squid. The colossal squid. Heard of the colossal squid? It's not an alien, though. It's no. a squid. So basically, they are a 12-metre-long squid which dwell in the deep sea. Now, very few specimens have been found. The little, very little is known about them. Uh, just very interesting that a creature, this alien, actually lives in the sea. And uh, it can only be found at the deepest, darkest parts of the sea. And they are currently... The only way to view that is in a museum. They don't keep very well, so they don't really stay there long. Very rare to find one. It's called a colossal squid, the alien of the ocean. Um, just very quickly, here's how you know Connor is reading directly from a copy and paste on Wikipedia. He uses the word dwell and <laughs> specimen. So there you go. Yeah, well, I just had to get the information. But apparently um, the colossal squid is based on very few specimens that have been captured in deep sea fisheries and really hard to get. So that's just really interesting in the fact that people actually spend a lot of their time trying to get to the colossal squid and can't get it. I really, really enjoyed your like ex- experiential uh, uh, addition there, Connor. You went, uh, you can find these specimens. They're really hard to get. Oh, they are. Oof, they are bloody hard to get these squids. Just think, hard to get just, these old colossal squids. Just think, instead of this fact, we could have had Jorge as the Spanish version of George. Just think. There's always, there's always small wins in the podcast. We're always thinking about you, dear listener. Hey, what's interesting, though, uh, you know, uh, pirates and sailors of yonder would... Oh, would... great. We'll just, yeah, we'll just forget about the no. colossal squid. Then. Out, <laughs> no. out the window. See you later. No. Right, he's no. out. Oh, colossal squid. They obviously would report sightings of the Kraken, and there were other names they called it, this beast from down under that would drag you down into the depths. I, I think reports that that was a giant squid as well, so who knows? Yeah. There they we go then. Could be the colossal Con- squid. That Connor's moaning about a f- fact being taken off on a tangent when he is the person who takes all facts off on a tangent. Did you or did you not, in response to Dan's snooker fact, go, I bet Mark loves bowling? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, that was me. Prob- that was me, I have to say. But there was a fact earlier when we were talking about something where, apropos of almost nothing, Connor went, oh, did you know that the Spanish name for George is Jorge? <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, yeah. You know. Hold on, we was in the com- no, I was in the conversation with myself of how foreign names are pronounced differently to the British name. So, like, Colossal Squid would be... <laughs> Go on. Col- colossal Squid. Uh, but then he would say... <laughs> in what hey, language, hey slash accent? <laughs> No, because then... That, that there was Welsh. Then his uh, question would be, hey guys, do you know what, how you say colossal squid in Spanish? It's 
colossal squid. Uh, but Connor, if you're just talking to yourself, um, Adam, who's producing the show, Captain Kent, you're more than welcome to just take all of his feed and, and release that as a bonus episode at some point. What you know, if he's having a podcast with himself, release it as a podcast with himself. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Right, very simple one, this one. Do you know the song 1985 by Bowling for Soup? This one. No. Dan's looking like he's a big fan. One of the best three songs of all time. Carry on. I I can't even hear it. So there we go. If that was released today with the same time gap, it would be called 2004, which incidentally is when that track came out. So there you go. So when I was 13 years old listening to that song, and I was like, wow, all these things way back of the past. White Snake, music was still on MTV. Uh, why is Ozzy now an actor? Please make it stop. All of that stuff. I was thinking that's ancient history. That's back in the day, as Connor would say, when actually... If you released that it now, is the equivalent time ago to today. Four. What would they sing that... So- so Connor, I don't know how well you know this song. It's basically about um, uh, a mother almost uh, yearning for her teenage years when she wanted to shake her ass on the hood of White Snake's car, a famous rock band. It has loads of references of the time. What would that song have now, Connor? What were big references from 2004 that you could stick in a song? Oh, I don't know, mate. 2004? God. MSN. Uh, MS- MSN would be a big one. MSN. Match attacks. And- a Nokia 3310. Match attacks. That rhymes as well. Um, Those little ma- things that you used to get, the little alien things from the off-license. Yeah. I remember what they were called. The Colossal Squid, sorry. Colossal Squid. Mm, that's it. <laughs> Mark, you, you might have more of a memory of this time when you were living in your posh-privileged farm before you went to Wheaton. <laughs> uh, what, what, yeah. what, what were your references from 2004? Uh, 2004. Uh, Lance Armstrong still wasn't found to be a, a massive druggie. That was the year that he won. God, his... he's, he's had a he's had a swift Google here, and he here we go. He's reading it off Google. It's also the that year happened in 2004. Fox hunting was outlawed in the UK. Yeah, I don't think that'd make a good lyric. No more of that. Uh, what else happened in 2004? Uh, well, here's the thing, Connor. To make it relevant for you, because you don't remember the song that well. Facebook 2004 launched. was the that was 2004. There you go. Connor, I couldn't t- even hear the bloody song. Connor, this is what I'm saying. 2004 was the year of the cha-cha slide from DJ Casper. Banger. It was also the year of Five Colours in Her Hair by McFly. Tune. Th- these songs, by the way, which together dominated the, ch- the UK charts for seven weeks, you had Eamon with I Don't Want You Back, and then you had Frankie, if you remember, who had F You Right Back. Wow. There you go. When Bowling for Soup released 1985, the equivalent time for 1985 is how long ago they released the fact. I'm sure you can probably present it in a more coherent way than I just did. Right, last fact from me. And this is a fact that has got Connor all over it because it's barely a fact. I just enjoyed the little connection here. I'm going to ask you this, Connor. Um, what do you think about when you think about David Beckham, not how boring his children are? What do you think about Connor? Probably like tattoos and style. What about his football ability, Mark? What do you associate most with David Beckham? David Beckham's classic right foot free kicks, crosses from the edge of the box. There you the, go. Hitting the deep one over the goalkeeper at Wimbledon. Lots I think about. Ha- Talking about his crossing, Mark, how would you describe a David Beckham cross? What type of adjective would you put in front of it? Bendy. Bendy. Another word 
pinpoint. Mike Connor. Curly. Or oh, oh, he would whip it in, wouldn't he? He'd, wh- he'd whip it in, Dan. What's That's what he'd do. Dan, what's happening? What's happening here, mate? We're getting there. You know earlier you when say... he went, let's get rid of the panto bit of the podcast. Yeah, you might is... say. You might no nightmare. Hang on. You might say that David Beckham was famous for his whipped cross. Well, would you believe it? David Beckham was born in Whip Cross University Hospital. Whip Cross Hospital. Whips Cross Hospital. I'm just going to say, right? I'm saying goodbye right now. I'm actually saying goodbye right now. I'm done. I really enjoyed that. Genuinely, I'm finished. That's such a Connor fact. How is he getting annoyed? It's such a Connor fact. Isn't it? It kind of brings me back to the moment. This this is something that 100% you would bring to the show. Connor, the feeling you're having right now is us for the last three years. (laughs) David Beckham, famous for his whipped crosses, was born in Whips Cross Hospital on the 2nd of May, 1975. Great thank fact. you very much. Great fact. We, we could end the show great. there. It's, a, it's, actually, it's actually a great fact. This, when, you, when you sit there and you digest it, which I, by the way, never do for all the spiel that Mark comes out with, when I digest this fact, it's a great fact. Can I just add right, another fact very... that I think is going to trump it all, though? If he was born rather than in Whip's Cross, but in France, he would have been called David. So uh, just in case you weren't, no, that's the French version of David. So big fact. We can always we can always we can always rise on stepping stones of our or, dead cells and or, become better. Yes, Connor. If well, he no, was we, born in we've had an unnecessary punchline. Don't, don't yeah. No. Hold on a minute. It would be we called Davide. Yeah. I'm gonna go I wanna go home now, so Well, I mean right, that, we're done. We're you're, in, you're the one that took the joke a step too far. Well done. And well did in, you lads. know did you know that if um George Best was born in France, he'd be called Jorge Le Bon. So there we go. Um, thank you very much for listening to the show. What have we learned? Well, you measure your feet in barley corns. Also, who knew world famous Napoleon Bonaparte was a, a real person? And if you see someone walking down the road with glasses, arms laden full of documents and spreadsheets, it might be anyone. Make sure it's Mark by just looking at his tiny little trotters. Say goodbye, Mark. Bye. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. I am off to my local branch of Napoleon Bonaparte to pick up a brand new French baguette. Until next week, see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.